The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff has been at the forefront of data, cloud computing, and enterprise technology for a quarter century. Now, Benioff is calling AI the most important technology of any lifetime. He's leading the charge at Salesforce, offering enterprise proprietary AI GPT. So how does he see this all playing out? I'm Sarah Eisen, and this is my interview with Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff from the World Economic Forum in Davos. Mark Benioff, always a pleasure. Great to be with you, Sarah Eisen, back in Davos. <laughs> back in Davos, where yeah. Salesforce has really we been We have the same center. set every year. Yeah. Doesn't change. It's beautiful. It is this beautiful. Year. So I want to talk about your business and the year that you just went through, because this time last year, it was rough. I mean, the activists were pouncing and... They were pouncing. And... They're dropping off. The, the roof, like icicles well. coming off this roof right here. <laughs> so what have you learned from that whole experience? I think, that, you know, number one, first of all, I get a lot of calls from my friends who are dealing with activists. It's an industry, activists. And activist investors are number one investors. They want to make money. They love money. Maybe activist investors make and love money more than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> so they're just money people. So I think you have to kind of get that set right away. They're not going to want to hear about all the things that you and I have talked about for decades. Stakeholder they, capitalism? No. They want to hear about capitalism, but they don't want to hear about anything Trees. else. Yeah. They only want to hear about money. And I think that's the first thing you have to kind of get your head around. And that's fine. You know, you can just say they're investors. And I think having investors is very important and making investors money is very important. And then number two is, is that each one is very different. I have a lot of really good stories, you know, about, you know, these activists. Like one funny story is activists said to me, you know, your hair could be a little better and, you know, you should call my hair guy. And I'm like, okay. And then number two is like one of them was super interested in meditation. And, you know, I have taught meditation. And I'm like, I'll teach you meditation. And about 45 minutes into the meditation, the activist is very teary and cry, emotional. Seriously? And by the way, that was a beautiful moment, you know, that you can kind of go from a hostile situation where the first call is very, they all want to be tough, right? To the point where there's a tear in somebody's eye. Hey, that's what, you know how I am. I. You know, I, I think dealing with somebody's heart is the most important so thing. So this is if a If we can bring story. more love yeah. to the activist community, then I'm all for it. I mean, this is the story that we needed. And oh, it's I, that's story. only two. Because, like, the, the story that we saw <laughs> we had, is like, that six or eight activists. You improved margins. You boosted the stock price. Well, yeah, yeah. You right. thought some of the sure. strategy. I mean, the one you're referring yeah. to is I interviewed Jeff Smith. Oh, Star we didn't Wars. just improve margins. Our yeah. margins are up, like, over a 1,000 basis points over, like, a year. Like, it's crazy our... Margin improvement is phenomenal. How it's much awesome. more is there to go on that story? Well, I think that, you know, there's no finish line for anybody when it comes to margins. So that's a huge opportunity. It, it continues to be a huge opportunity. Um, you have to, of course, you know, realize we're in one of the greatest moments 
of our life with AI. So if you are taking a dollar in the margin, you're taking an AI, a dollar out of AI research. So you do want to have the right balance. I think those things are important. That, I, that by the is, way, everybody understands that. that. That's part of my question, which is how you balance growth, which has been decelerating, sure, and profitability, sure, which you're really ramping. Well, we talk about deceleration, but our size and scale, I mean, on the absolute numbers, we're way bigger than anybody else's growth. You know, so people say, well, you know, growth is decelerating. Have you seen the numbers? We're saying that we're going to hit almost $35 billion in revenue this year, and we're the third largest software company in the world, second largest in Japan. And who else is at this size and scale in enterprise software? And I like it when smaller companies go, well, you know, we're growing a lot faster. I'm like, yeah, you know, we added your entire company onto our company this quarter. So that's, you know, growth is relative. Something about the, large of, the law of large numbers. There. Well, it's big. You know, yeah. we're big and it's an important company and it's so many of our customers are here, you know. Mm -hmm. I think there's six to eight hundred CEOs here this year. We're gonna have four hundred one on ones with our customers here. It's incredible what's happening in Davos. What are you sensing as far as their appetite to spend as the economic outlook is kind of uncertain? Optimism. A lot of optimism, a lot of positivity, a lot of good energy. Um, look, we're not clear obviously we're post-pandemic i think that's a big thought and we're not just post-pandemic we're kind of post-pandemic post after effects mm -hmm. so all the horrible after effects that we went through in the pandemic the inflation and the interest rates and all of that we're kind of post that and i think we're kind of into this new normal and this new normal that's a good place for ceos to be because they can feel like they're on steady seas and they can say, yeah, hey, I'm going to take my boat over there. And that's the kind of folks we want to do. And then they want, they want more margin. Mm -hmm. They want higher value customer relationships, which brings them more margin. And they want more employee productivity. That brings them more margin. By the way, that's why they want more AI, because AI is giving them more of what they really want. So I was going to ask you if the, we are in a situation where geopolitical tensions have gone from bad to worse. We're in two wars, whether that's impacting decisions and behavior of the customers that you're speaking to and selling to? I think customers are mostly focused on those factors I'm talking about. How are they, just like those activist investors, they want to, you know. They're focused see, on your hair and meditation. Hey, and they want to make more money. I just got back from uh, Milan visiting uh, Gucci. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my great- Long time client, right? Long time caring group. You know, we run the group. It's an exciting group. Uh, they have the great, great brands. They have this tremendous call center where they do, you know, you've got a, you know, you've bought this gorgeous garment in Gucci and there's a problem and they have to deal with it and so forth. And so you talk to this, these folks in Italy and they're like, hey, we want AI in our call center. And you don't really know what that means right away. It could mean a lot of different things. It could mean we want to reduce staff or it could mean that we're not sure about, you know, our product quality. In this case, nobody really knew what it was. And they just wanted to experiment with the technology. It was really a cool moment. And what they found was that by putting this incredible new generative AI, we call it Einstein, mm -hmm. we'll do a trillion of these Einstein predictions this week, which are both predictive and generative. It's amazing. That all of a sudden, the call center in Milan, this global call center, was making money for them because the service agents became augmented, bigger than they were. They were had skills that they didn't know that they had previously, and they were starting to, able to sell products and market products mm. to longtime customers who were calling for help, and revenue went up 
And it was an amazing moment for me to kind of see that that's really the power that, yes, we're building this Einstein One platform, which is incredible, but we're augmenting the human experience. And that's really where generative AI is right now, that when we look at what's happening with these customers, their employees are getting augmented. And yes, it's giving them more margin, it's giving them more productivity, and it's giving them higher value customer relationships. And to me, that's the magic formula. Well, what's interesting about that example too is it's giving them more revenue. We hear about productivity, we hear about margin, we hear about savings. We don't hear as much about growth drivers. I don't think we understood how much revenue can be generated by generative AI. <laughs> generative AI is generating revenue. Coming up on CNBC Leaders from Davos. There's no question we're on the verge of creating digital employees. Right. And when we start to create digital employees, it'll be we're creating digital salespeople, digital service people, digital marketers. Stay tuned for that and much more with Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. I love hearing about the use cases, and obviously it's a huge part of your strategy and your business. Is it, is it a separate revenue generator for you, or is it just boosting all of the services that you offer? It's How a separate, re it? separate revenue generator because there's two components to the AI. First, we have our core apps. We've had those for two and a half decades. Our, we've talked about it. So many, our sales app and our for salespeople and service for call centers and marketing for marketers and commerce, you know, like... For example, if you do go to lauracpiano.com, that's Salesforce. Mm -hmm. But then, all of that data, we now offer a brand new product, which is our fastest growing product we've ever created, which just added a thousand new customers called the Data Cloud. And this Data Cloud is deeply integrated into all of these apps, and the Data Cloud is surrounded by, guess what, the generative AI. You can't get generative AI in your company without data. It's not like these consumer apps who are out there just stealing all the data from everybody, you know, New York Times and Time Magazine and everybody to make their AI work. Yeah. Our AI works from our customers' data, and so we build a trust layer that gives them the ability to aggregate their data and then give them that intelligence out of their AI. And the power of that is that those companies are just much smarter. And so it's a separate product you're selling? A totally separate product. And that is very powerful. This data cloud is, an, is incredible. And that is really the key to making all of these customers work. I wonder if you think that you get enough credit in the markets. When I talk to investors about Salesforce as an AI play, they, you know, they love NVIDIA. They love Microsoft. They say Salesforce hasn't caught up to Microsoft on generative AI or open AI. Is that true? Well, Microsoft is just reselling open AI. Our AI is very different. Our AI is working inside your company. We're not just a general 
language model operating on the side. We're really working to ground the AI, which is kind of a technical term. It's called grounding, where you're grounding the AI into your data so that it can learn about your company. And we've been doing that for a decade, and that's why we're going to do, as I mentioned, a trillion you know, predictive and generative transactions this week. That's pretty awesome. By the way, that's far more than any other enterprise vendor. And, uh, you know, I don't know who's giving us what credit. I'm not looking for credit. I just know that my customers love this and they want as much of it as they can get. What stage do you think we're in, in terms of the technological capability, mm -hmm. accuracy around generative AI? We're at the beginning. We're augmenting employees. We're making employees better. There's no question we're on the verge of creating digital employees. Right. And when we start to create digital employees, it'll be we're creating digital salespeople, digital service people, digital marketers. That'll be another generation. You know, that your sales organization will be augmented by salespeople that aren't necessarily human beings. You know, one of the things that I do for my own healthcare is I get a CTA scan on a regular basis, which they do a CT scan of your heart. And up until this year, like over the last 15 years, when they do the CTA scan, I sit with this great person in LA, is this genius person who invented this calcium scoring. It's amazing. And he's, he's got the screen and they've got this amazing C Siemens CT scanner. And then he says, well, Mark, you're doing great here, 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 here. We're going to keep an eye on that. Okay, great. This year is different. This year they took the CTA scan and they gave it to an AI to read. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. And the reason why that's awesome is because that complete specialist in Los Angeles that everybody wants to go and see just got democratized for the whole world. AIs are starting to do some of the augmenting radiologists or augmenting neurologists. The healthcare outcomes are exciting. That's, I think exciting. this is going to be one of the biggest, most exciting areas. But you just said that a lot of jobs are going to be replaced. And that has the potential to be really disruptive for society and for economies. And that, I feel like, is a big question that we have to figure out. It's going to be a big question. It's not where we are now. We all realize that. How do we know? How many times did you use ChatGPT this year and you went, that's not the answer? A lot. <laughs> because it lies really badly. You know, it's not there. It, no. You know, there's, there's things about these models that are not great. First of all, you have these kind of commodity user interfaces on the front end that they call co-pilots. And then you have these large language models, you know, in the middle. And there's all kinds of different ones, and they're kind of commoditizing themselves. And you can see that with Llama, and then you've got GPT, and you've got Mistral, and you've got Anthropic, and you've got Cohere, and all those guys are in the middle. And then at the bottom, you've got all the data sets. So the Time Magazine and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all the data sets are all down here. And those con consumer models have scooped up all that data, or maybe I would say you stolen stole. it. You said stole. You said stole. Okay, I, I will say stole. Is it because you own Time? or it, It's part of that because <laughs> I did have a visceral reaction when I saw Time data and the hard work of our journalists it's appearing. It's an issue for us. It's an issue for everybody. Yeah. What do you do about that? Well, I think you've got to get to the point where these data sets are kind of structured in a way where these uh, LLM companies can license them. And that is a piece of work that needs to happen really this year. That's, I think, why the New York Times is suing, you know. Because they need to be oh, paid. Everybody should be paid for the value that they're creating. If you're creating value, you're a journalist, mm -hmm. you're doing your hard work, you're, it shouldn't be, or you're an artist, or you're a scientist. Right. Your, your hard work should not just be, 
you know, commoditized and, and then and negated by uh, the AI. That cannot be part of the future. Coming up on CNBC Leaders from Davos. Social media is going to be way more impactful in regards to the election than AI will be. Though the combination of the two, for sure, is a major issue. So OpenAI should be licensing content from Time Magazine to put into their models? Absolutely. Is there a price? How do you even determine what that market is? I think that's where we are right now, looking at what is it, what is the right way, how do you look at it. They obviously just got a deal done with Axel. Axel Springer, yeah. And there's other ones that are being negotiated, but everybody's going to have to do that work, not just them. So what about the regulators? Because they're looking at it and they're trying to figure out how to put guardrails in place. What a great question. Do you have thoughts on what they should be doing? I have thoughts on that. (laughs) I had a feeling. (laughs) I just went to this UK safety summit and it was really interesting because when I got there, the regulators from every major country were there. Now I go to a lot of events, including these, this event and many other events, and you don't see that. And I said to myself, wow, I think people are going to really understand that this requires some work. And the reason why that is important is because if you look at over the last decade and social media and the regulators, well, that has been a <laughs> show. You know, that's crazy they, they what has never been happening. It, and look point. at what yeah. they've done to our society because of the lack of action and also the lack of core values. Or, I mean, there were core values in these social media companies, but they were just a set of core values that we certainly do not want to see replicated into these AI companies. And I think these regulators have some work to do starting right there, which is, hey, what's important to you as a company? How are you behaving? So I think this is important. And I think, by the way, the use of data and where the data comes from is one of those core values. Trust. Is trust your highest value? Maybe I ask that question on every, every time we've ever been together. You know, but I think for these companies and these CEOs, especially in the AI world, you're going to have to ask that because of the tr- huge ramifications you know, that AI could have on our society. And there's a lot of good stuff that can come from AI, and there's a lot of bad stuff that could come from AI because technology is not good or bad. It's what we do with it. And that is something that I think we have got to look at. What do you worry about? You said there can be bad. You, you have a sort of unique perspective as to what AI is capable of. What do you worry about if there's no regulation happening? Have you seen the movies? <laughs> I think we're at a moment where we have to really seriously think about what's happening and say this technology is actually quite real. And, you know, Sam Altman is amazing and I love talking to him and he always says he has this sign above his desk that says we don't really know what's going to happen next. And that's, you know, maybe that's why he's, you know, kind of a prepper. I don't know. But he's, he um, is kind of laying it out for us that we don't really know what's going to happen. And... We if he take doesn't that. know what's going to happen, how are the regulators going to figure out what to do here? Well, I think you have to build a framework, and you have to manage into a framework, and a framework for the future. There's, I mean, just more immediately, we have an election this year. It's a hot political environment. There are questions about disinformation already before AI, it, and now we have AI. Hey, social media is going to be way more impactful in regards to the election than AI will be, though the combination of the two, for sure, is a major issue. And yeah, you're 100% right. And why are we not taking that more seriously? We need to be more aggressive 
in thinking about this technology and what it means to all of us. Does anyone do this right? I mean, Europe gets blamed here in the Davos crowd for overregulating technology. But and at not least they're doing something. And I think that that's why, you know, some of the things that have been important to us that we've done here at Davos, like the tree initiative, we're I advocating knew we were for. Talk about trees. You know, I love well, trees. You, well, we talked a lot about it. I mean, 2020, I remember Trump it, was here and you were planting trees Trump, with the Trump organization. I will plant Trump trees with everyone. And I think the trees are, you know, I. Remember very clearly when I was in third grade and I heard about photosynthesis. I do try to advocate for the trees and the oceans too. And a lot of the leaders who can make a difference on things regarding the biodiversity that makes our planet really great um, are here. And so I'm happy to talk about nature and climate exhaustively and to get people passionate about that because I love I love nature and well, climate. And I know you prioritize that and focus on that. I do wonder how you fit it into the, the sales force job because I feel like ESG has become kind of a dirty word. It's been very politicized. You just talked about your experience with activists who just want money and whether you're rethinking how that fits in with the corporate priorities. Well, you know, I love innovation. I love technology. And so I guess that's why, and there's so many people here now who are ecopreneurs. Those are entrepreneurs like me who are involved in the ecology. And those ecopreneurs, I just funded a $25 million program at Stanford, bringing together their sustainability school and their business school to create an ecopreneur school. Because I think that a new generation of executives is going to emerge who are ecopreneurs. If we're going to get to a place where we get more renewable energy, and this year has been world records on the amount of renewable energy, that's incredibly important as we look at how to so create a more sustainable world. So you do it in your philanthropy world. and in your sort of venture capitalist absolutely job. absolutely i think it's i think it's one of the greatest opportunities of our lifetime that we can improve the state of the world look at if the business of business is only business kind of getting back to the activist investor point or is the business of business improving the state of the world you know i i don't have to tell you that my fundamental passion is is that business is the greatest platform for change and it's why I like to be here to evangelize and say to people, hey, you've got these great platforms. What do you want? What do you want to do? Can you make this a little better? Look at this. Can you make it just a tiny bit better? And as I said, people don't have to do everything. It's a big world. But you could do one thing. That's why we count on you for these kind of interviews, Mark, at Davos every year. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Thank you. This has been a special presentation of CNBC Leaders with Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff from Davos, Switzerland. I'm Sarah Eisen. Thanks for watching. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.